Good morning. My name is Matt. I get to be, uh, I have the privilege of being an elder here at Calvary. Uh, formerly, I was on staff for eight, eight-ish years. And going on two years this fall, I entered the workforce to do this message. And, uh, and I, I hope that the highs and the lows come out in that. And that, now that I've said that, I need to do that. So let's pray. Let's give ourselves to the Lord. This is his time. The whole morning has been his time. But when we open his word and we speak out of it, and by the Spirit's help we commit to uh, try and have our lives resemble it in his power, then he comes and he moves in our lives in real time. And the things that are said today out of the word of God can be yours today and in real time. Because that's how God works. We speak it, he moves in it, and he changes lives in real time. This first week of August. So let's pray together. If you want to put out your hands. We simply want to be free to have everything that God would want for us today. So Jesus, by your spirit, would you speak? Only you. We've come to hear you from your word, through your spirit, into our hearts and our minds to change, to resemble more of you today than we did even this morning. It's a supernatural thing. We can't will it. We can't work for it. We can't make it happen, but we can surrender. And Lord, would you create a greater measure of surrender in our hearts and in our minds, that our souls would become fuller, more like Christ today. Would you silence any words that are not helpful, that are not from you, and that are even from the enemy? Would you silence those things in your name, that your voice would be the only voice today? Amen. Amen. So I want to talk about encouragement, and here's why I think encouragement is important for us today. I went camping two weeks ago, and we went to Clear Lake. Now, who's been to Clear Lake? That place is nice. They, they should make that a park, right? It, that, that place is beautiful, and God put it on my heart for whatever reason that I would take every opportunity, I was there for three days, that I would take every opportunity and find men around me that had kids and, and search them out and have little conversations with them. And they weren't super spiritual conversations. I wasn't praying over men. I wasn't uh, casting out demons from the men. I wasn't doing anything like that. Although that's perfectly fine on your vacation. So if, if you still have a vacation, you can do that, right? That's, that's allowed in the Christian walk. All I was doing was making eye contact, acknowledging that they were there as a dad, and trying to have an encouraging conversation with them. That's it. Now, I'm nobody special. I'm just normal, plain Jane, just a guy. But I believe with all of my heart, with all of my heart, that I made a difference in each of those men's lives by those little interactions. I believe that. It was nothing supernatural, except maybe the yearning in me to acknowledge the people around me as important, with a big job, and I I always made sure to call them dad. Good job, dad. Way to go, dad. Keep going, dad. And it's just simple little things. I saw a guy mowing the lawn yesterday. Now, this is not safe. But I saw a guy mowing the lawn, and I used to mow the lawn with one of our little babies. And I would put him on a baby carrier. And that was like my backpack, and then I would mow, right? And so it's a bit of a workout. It's some dad time, and you get a nice lawn. So, right? It's beautiful. But I used to do that, and I thought, this is good. And, and you know what? The little baby would fall asleep. 
fall asleep. So I'd have this like kind of limp head on my shoulder as I'm driving around. And it's good. I saw a dad yesterday mowing the lawn with his kid, one hand on the mower and one hand on the baby. Right? So like he took it up a total another level. So, so I had to stop him and, and say, way to go, dad. You are mowing the lawn. You are having some parent time and you're giving your wife a break. Way to go, dad. And, uh, shortly after he did put the baby down, cause I had commented on the kind of how that was not something you see all the time. And, uh, <laughs> but even that was encouraging to him. I'm sure. <laughs> right. D- okay. These are simple little interactions. But it got me thinking. And I believe this is where God came in and he said, he said, look at the opportunity to build people up. And it's just so simply, you acknowledge that they're there, you call them by name, and you encourage them to keep going. Keep going. And and that's it. You don't help them keep going. You're not doing the job for them. But just that... Is, is a big deal. And God was telling me, think of the opportunity you have as a Christian to acknowledge the Christians around you, to call them by name. Uh, think about even that. Way to go, Christian. I, I saw you let that person go in line. You must be a Christian. Way to go, Christian. Well, I'm not a Christian. Okay, we should talk about that. Because you're doing Christian things. So I'm seeing a disconnect here. Right? So encouragement leads into greater ministry time, right? Or not, it might too. But we have a tremendous opportunity as believers, and it's very simply to acknowledge the things around us, to call them by their real name, and to do what we can that they would keep going in that direction that is so good and so healthy. Nope. Uh, There we go. Four Barneys. (laughs) Four Barneys. (laughs) Barney number one. We know him. I like the episode where he becomes an astronaut and then he drinks the non-alcoholic wine and he's totally off. Anyways. So that's Barney from The Simpsons. If you've never seen The Simpsons, that's fine. Then the second, the second purple dinosaur, that's Barney the dinosaur. And I, I thank the Lord that my kid grew up just after Barney stopped being a thing. And I got to enjoy the Wiggles... They're very talented. They're very talented. All right. Okay. Barney Rubble. Who remembers Barney Rubble? And you know what? Barney Barney Rubble was a bit of an encourager in in his own right. Uh, He encouraged Fred all the time in his crazy schemes. Barney was grounded. Barney Coombs. This is is the most uh, memorable of all the Barneys on this page right now. This is Barney Coombs, uh, a major force in our Salt and Light family. Major. And he's had an effect on, on many of the leaders um, that are carrying weight in, in Salt and Light today. Four Barneys, but I want to talk about a fifth Barney. <laughs> and I don't have a picture of Barnabas, but we want to talk about an unsung hero in the Bible today. As we talk about encouragement, we want to talk about Barnabas from Acts. And Barnabas is introduced in Acts chapter 4. And this is what it says about Barnabas in Acts chapter 4. I didn't know that, that this is where he was introduced in the Bible before I read it. Acts chapter 4, 36 and 37. Thus Joseph, so Joseph was his other name. So he probably went to Barnabas because it sounded cooler than Joseph. But, but Joseph was Barnabas' other name. 
Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. This is the first introduction of Barnabas. So he's, he's a Christian in high standing, well thought of in the early church. And he was the guy that did it right before Ananias and Sapphira held back the money and were punished uh, quite sternly, if you remember. Quite sternly, that's in Acts chapter 5, uh, which is a tremendous story about how the Holy Spirit is, is pretty bent on uh, things being on the up and up. Okay, so here's Barnabas. Thus Joseph, who was called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. What a tremendous name. What a tremendous calling to have in his time and in our time. A son of encouragement. His DNA was that to build things up. His DNA was that to make things better, healthier. His DNA was to see the things around him, to call them by name and to do what he could to see them come to life and to fruition. And through Jesus and the Holy Spirit, that same thing that made Barnabas who he was is available for us today. Do we want to be men and women that see flowers bloom as we come across them? Do we want to be men and women that see dead things come to life as we walk with them? Do we want to be men and women who see people who were once lost, who were once broken, who were once undecided, who were once backslidden, become the truly redeemed, powerful men and women of God in real time? Barnabas was that thing in the early church. See, we have an epidemic of discouragement. You may not know it by name in your life. But discouragement is one of the most paralyzing things you will experience. I promise you that. My wife and I, after our son was born, had trouble having another one. And I've never known discouragement like that. I I felt like I couldn't move. And if I would move, it would just be another disaster. Discouragement will paralyze you. And it's all around us. It's all around us. And here, this is not a discouragement-free zone. Am I right? Am I right to say that? This is not... You don't walk in here and go, okay, well now, now I'm not going to feel any sense of discouragement. In some ways, being with 500 other believers that parts of you believe are doing far better than you are can lend itself to a lot of feelings of discouragement in and of itself. And here's the thing when we get discouraged. We stop. We stop. We freeze. There's no fight or flight with discouragement, only freeze. And it's crushing. And it it, it can take your life and it can slow it to a turtle's pace. Everything is work. But this is why the tremendous news that, that God wants to make us people that get people unstuck. We had a nerf war for my son in the back. Because you can do stuff like that in church and it's okay. We prayed before the meal came, so it's fine, right? It was his birthday party and we did a Nerf war in the back there. I think I saw some Nerf bullets in the loft, lost and found. Those are ours. All right. Uh, but we did a Nerf war and we made a rule where if you got shot, you had to lie down and somebody had to tag you back to life. And you're up. Instantaneously, you're up. You're back in the game. How many people around you are on the ground waiting for you to tag them back to life? 
I'm going to wait while you count, actually. How many people around you are, are just waiting? I can't move until you get me. I can't move until you bring me back. How many of us are on the ground waiting to be tagged back to life? God has a plan for all of this. His rescue mission through Jesus, by his power, in Barnabas and for us today, is encouragement. So you guys think, maybe you don't, but it works for me to assume that you think that. Sometimes encouragement could be like, okay, so you want us to notice good things about the person? Like, is that encouragement? Like, like you want me to tell other believers I like their outfit, it matches good, the eyes pop. Like, is that encouragement? Like, your shoulders are looking, it's looking a little tight in your t-shirt right now around the shoulders. That's encouragement? That, that is a form of encouragement, but that's not going to pick anybody off the ground. Right? Here's what, it's, here's what Barnabas says about Barnabas. A little further in Acts, Acts 11. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen. So Stephen died, was killed, and everyone scattered. And through that, and this is how amazing God is, through that, the, the gospel went with them. Because all the people that scattered decided to tell somebody about it as they went. Traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. That's how it started. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists. Hellenists were non-Jews that wanted to live like Jews. They wanted to accept the Jews' traditions and faith, even though they weren't God's chosen Jewish people. And much of the early church was through Hellenists. And much of the church today is Hellenists. And that's God's plan. And it says in Romans 10, not to get too sidetracked, but how we do church today is meant to awaken holy appetites in the Jewish people for tomorrow. Sorry. I think this one... I think when we get to heaven, we're going to be just as excited for the Jewish people as we are for ourselves. Like, like we're going to see it. We're going to see this redemption that was just so lost and broken. And I think we're going to be just super pumped. So, I never thought of that before, but that's, I think, is true. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. These are non-Jewish believers. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, headquarters. So headquarters is now found out. Gentiles are getting saved in Antioch. Crazy. And, and this wasn't an easily digestible idea in the early church. Now it makes sense, but back then it was like, okay, I, I didn't know that that was like a thing for them. And, and is it really a thing? Because it wasn't supposed to be. Brilliant, I know. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Barnabas was the tip of the spear that got to go to this huge revolution in the early church and the early uh, community around Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas. Now think about, think about this. This is another slightly side note, but it's the importance of encouragement. They sent a guy in, in, in something that was really touchy. Really touchy at that time. They sent a guy whose main gift was to encourage we would have thought, okay, 
we should send somebody that's super organized or somebody that's super discerning or somebody that's going to see through some of the shenanigans that are going on in Antioch or somebody who can correct really well because there's going to be a mess there and we're going to need to clean that up. And this speaks of the power of encouragement because it's human nature And especially in the church, we want order. We want control. We want things to look a certain way. Perhaps they were thinking, because we do this in church, if God is working one way over here, then it's only God if he does the same thing over there. Now that's a can of worms, and we're not going to do that, but, but, (laughs) right? But, but here's Barnabas, this guy that simply wants to help things come to life. And he's the one that goes. We're going to take our main encourager who's going to promote the living daylights out of all these new believers. And we're going to send him as our representative. Not Peter, not James, not John, Barnabas. The fifth Barney. The best Barney, but Coombs is really good as well. (laughs) They sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. And he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. So this is different than just complimenting. He said, okay, well, your church, he didn't say your church building is really nice. So keep doing that. And it's really clean. And somebody greeted me when I walked in. I didn't have to feel like an outsider right away. That's really awesome. He he wasn't touching those little things. He was saying, what's most important is that you guys keep going after the Lord. And this is the encouragement. This is the encouragement that brings things to life as we walk through them. It's the encouragement of Jesus to keep going in him. Regardless of how hard it is, regardless of the opposition, regardless of the questions that you have, keep moving forward in Jesus. That is the encouragement that will allow the flowers to pop in any season around you as you go. And it's going and to and be obvious in the people that are around you. Keep on keeping on. That's another brilliant, it's brilliant, right? Keep on keeping on. But the the encouragement of the Lord is to keep following him at any cost, through any season. And that's the encouragement that is going to bring all those people waiting to be tagged back to life, up and back in the game. You can carry or support Many, many believers by simply encouraging them to keep following the Lord. Because that's where the answers are. This is why encouragement is so so doable and so effective. It's because you don't need to change anything. You simply need to encourage them to keep going. I want to look at two ways... Two, two circumstances that Barnabas encouraged and changed whole trajectories of people's lives. And they're, they're pretty significant. The first one is in the life of Paul. The life of Paul. Now, Paul was a big deal. Right? Paul was a big deal. He was the man. And he came out of a pretty rough situation where he was actually persecuting the church. God met him on the road. God really slayed him completely. And he had the people around him bring him back to life. Isn't that interesting? God God broke Paul dead. And then he called people to pick up the pieces. I think, I think there's something to this encouragement thing. I think there's something really meaningful to this. 
But because of that, because Paul was such a force in opposition of the church, he, he had some problem with access for a while. Because God changed him completely, wrecked him, rebuilt him, and, and made him a force. But he wasn't readily received right away because people are still like, okay, no. Like, this guy doesn't get to come in. He's going to arrest us right away. People are going to come and take us away. Okay, so this is the first, so this is the first stand that Barnabas took. To encourage somebody into greater things. Acts chapter 9. And when he came to Jerusalem. This is Paul. Was Saul now Paul. When born again Paul came to Jerusalem. He attempted to join the disciples. And they were all afraid of him. For they did not believe that he was a disciple. Fair. That's fair. And and you're going to have people in your life. That are going to have big change. And it's okay if, if you want to see a little bit of evidence. Before you let them into your disciple group. That's okay. Hopefully they're going to have a Barnabas around them. That's, that's going to help them get through some of that opposition. But Barnabas took him. And brought him to the apostles. And declared to them. How on the road he had seen the Lord. Who spoke to him. And now at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. Barnabas simply stood up for him. He said, hear this guy out. He's gone through a change. Don't reject him right away. Barnabas gave Paul credibility when he had no credibility. That's, we're on the other side and we think that's crazy that Paul had no credibility. But there was a season he had no credibility. He gave Paul access to the real believers where he could grow and be in community and continue to evolve. And he gave Paul a covering. Barnabas covered and vouched for Paul to begin. He didn't change his life for him. He didn't do all of Paul's heavy lifting. He didn't hold his hand and say, if you're going to do anything good, just tell it to me and I'll do it for you. He simply said, let's give this guy a chance before we ride him off. And he, think of the change. Paul turned out pretty good. Paul figured it out, yes? I mean, the Bible, it's pretty evident that Paul figured it out. And so much of our theology and so much of our church practices were from Paul's writings and how God chose to use Paul. And it started with somebody believing in him. Encouragement's not easy, and I'll tell you why it's not easy. Because we, as people who are called to encourage the people around us, have to keep an open mind. And we have to keep some of our feelings out of it. And we have to constantly believe in the good of the people around us. And the ability that God can redeem every situation. If you don't believe in the person you want to bring up and bring back to life, then, then it's not going to work. Because that belief that you have in them, that they can be redeemed, that they can be whole, that they can be full of life, that they can bloom... It has to be authentic. Fortunately, it's, it's one prayer away. God, I, I, believe, I believe that I don't believe very well in this person beside me. But I believe that you've called me to be beside them. And so would our hearts be completely together. God wants to use that. And God wants to provide that in your life. If you're waiting for somebody to help you, pray for a Barnabas to come. Pray for somebody to come beside of you. We, this is how God would have us heal. This is how God would have us to come back to life together. I know we want to do it on our own. It's more comfortable on our own. There's no pressure on our own. 
There's no expectation on our own. And sometimes when we're not doing well, we just straight up want to do it alone. But it's the people around you that God will use to bring you back to life. The second stand he took was with Mark, known as John Mark in the Bible. Acts 15, and this is a a really interesting story. I don't have it up here, I think, but you can go to Acts 15 if you like. Acts 15, starting in 36. This is one of the more honest conversations that that are in the Bible, and I love it. After some days of ministering... Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaimed the word of the Lord and see how they are. This was Paul's method. He wanted to keep touching back the people that he had ministered to. He wanted to keep encouraging them and ministering to them and keeping them healthy. He loved them. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to their work. And there arose a sharp disagreement. So they separated from each other. So here's what happens a little while earlier in in Acts. John Mark joins Paul and Barnabas on their early missionary journeys. And something happens... And he decides to leave. He leaves the mission. He's like, I'm not taking the next flight. I'm heading back. It could have been that he got really homesick. It's possible. He wanted to go back to, to home. It could have been that he wasn't happy with how much love the Gentiles were getting on the mission. Because that, that was a crazy idea still. right? And it could have been something else. But all that it was in Paul's mind was he was us and then he stopped being us and I can't trust him. Paul simply couldn't trust Mark to come with them again. And this was such a big disagreement that it it was a sharp disagreement which meant it kind of blew up out of nowhere. Nobody was like planning, okay, I got to get some things off my chest about this whole John Mark guy. And Barnabas was saying, if John John Mark comes up, I'm going to stick up for him. It was none of that. It was, I'm going to invite Mark to join us back. And now they're going separate ways. Now, let's not focus right now on who was right or wrong. And there's, there's lots to learn in the redemption story of Mark. But regardless, and, and Barnabas was Mark's cousin. Okay, so maybe there was some family unity going on in there. But probably since Barnabas was a son of encouragement, he was wanting to give this guy another shot. Feelings aside, seeing something that hasn't come to fruition yet, I'm gonna, I want to bring this guy up and give him another shot. Just like Paul needed that early vouching, Mark needed CPR, probably. Because here's how it goes when you want to follow the Lord. Maybe it's in my experience, but we're often all the same. You try and do something for God, maybe you take a chance. Maybe it's out of your depth, maybe it's not. Maybe you're not quite spiritually ready for it, maybe you are. Regardless, it doesn't go as planned. We ever had something that where where it just doesn't go as planned. Maybe there's a sin issue you never thought was going to come up. Wow, I, I didn't expect that thing to be plaguing me. Maybe there's a family issue. Maybe you came up on a Sunday and shared a word and it didn't go super well. Maybe you prayed for somebody and it was just totally off. This is our Christian life. Because we're constantly we're constantly taking steps of faith in the Lord. And if it goes well, praise the Lord. And if it doesn't go well, praise the Lord because he wants to bring you back to life in that. Okay? But Mark was in trouble. 
When you go on a missionary journey with two of the founding missionaries at the time, and bail, not the Greek word, but if you bail, you're going to have to work through some stuff. Is it plausible that Mark was at a crossroads? He could have gone home and been stuck, stuck, stuck. The devil would have had a field day with him. And Barnabas wasn't ready to give up on him. Maybe we've fallen today. Maybe our faith isn't where it's supposed to be. Maybe we've really stepped out for the Lord and it hasn't gone well or we didn't think it went well. Because that's all it takes is not thinking it went well. But God wants to put somebody in your path who's probably already there. And we want to pray that they get there as fast as possible if they're not. He wants to put somebody in your path that won't let you stay there. Because God is completely, 100% utterly against being paralyzed through discouragement. Because it's the opposite of life. He gave Mark a second chance. He showed him redemption. And Mark in later years ended up writing a pretty good gospel. Where he said immediately like a thousand times. Right? Mark is commended in Colossians by Paul. And Mark wrote his gospel by being hand-to-hand and shoulder-to-shoulder with Peter in Rome in his later years. Mark found his way back. And Barnabas was there every step of the way. Am I not making enough about encouragement? That encouragement is a life-saving mission. Because if you get stuck and don't move... You'll die. You're like a shark. You need to keep moving to keep breathing. Right? That's the thing for sharks, right? Where's Sam? He would know. My son would know instantly. He'd be like, yep. Right? You got to keep moving to keep breathing. And you got to keep breathing to keep living. And discouragement wants to smother you. It's a graphic word. Smother you. Wants to choke you out. And you and I get to go all the way around us in our life and tap people back to life by simply telling them, keep following the Lord and let me help you. We're bushwhackers, not the wrestlers bushwhackers, anybody, but we're bushwhackers with machetes, right? We are constantly clearing new pathways for people that are going to get stronger and stronger as we walk with them. And it is one of the most affirming things, life-giving things that you could do. Dave, how many years have you spent calling people into a greater journey? And it's been time-wasted. No. I didn't ask a great question there, but... This is it for us. Encouragement is life and death for the believers around us. Because discouragement wants to choke us out. And we are well covered in the Lord. Joshua 1.9 Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Keep going. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Jesus repeats this at the end of Matthew's gospel where he says, And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And that's some good coverage. His machete is super sharp. He can just clear brush as we go. We're never lost if Jesus is leading us. Never, never lost. And if we can get that right for ourselves, we become superheroes for the Christians around us. 
Because God wants to do it in your life, and then he wants to do it in your life. Right? That makes sense, kind of. This is how God works. First he heals you, then he helps you heal somebody else. And this is at its bare bones, your calling. Before your job, maybe not before your kids, or before your spouse, well, right, it... This is your bare bones calling. It's not if you're on the worship team. It's not if you're up here. It's not if you're greeting. It's not if you feel active in the church or not. Your mission is to help God heal the people around you. That's it. Once you start doing that, the dominoes will fall. But but God needs to come and do work in you. And let me attest, there are seasons where God simply heals us, and that's all we got. And then he works in us for a while, and then we feel, okay, I think I can, I, I can bring somebody back up. I can bring somebody along. And then we do that for a little while, and then we stop. And then we realize, okay, God needs to bring something back to life in me. And that's the rhythm. He heals us, we help heal others. And encouragement, that's the tool, that's the mindset, keep going. It's not necessarily, if you do this, if you do that, if you change this, if you fix that. And boy, that's tempting, right? It's tempting because the decisions in our walk, they do include those kind of things. You got to kill that off. You got to surrender this thing. You got to go on your knees with that thing. Then you got to pray. Then you got to be in worship. Then you got to read the word, right? Like these are all great things. And they're ways that God wants to heal our hearts. Psalms 31, be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who wait on the Lord. These little pit stops. Let me just say that again. Be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who wait on the Lord. My son and I had a conversation yesterday. And he was he was at his wit's end with something. He had camp. And camp like is great. But it also rubs your kid raw from all like the laughing and joking and humidity. And right like it's just it's a thing. Okay. And, and so he was done. And, and I was telling him. It, it sounds to me like you're. You know, that was the last straw for you. That little event that wasn't a big deal, that was the last straw for you. Yeah, Dad, he said, Dad, I'm out of straws. I don't have any more straws. And I said to him, we need to ask Jesus to wash your straws and put them back. And we did. And I was reminded of that conversation today, thinking, yeah. This is what keeps us in the game. Life will, it's like, no. Life is constantly going to be chipping you and rubbing you the wrong way and clipping something off constantly. And your grace is going to go down, down, down. And as it goes down, you yourself become a little stiffer, right? Like me in the morning, you become, you become stiffer, right? Because your, your, your grace is going down. And, and God wants to meet us in those moments to in real time renew our straws. Because he washes them clean and he puts them back. And in real time, on a daily basis, we can make sure that we don't get to that paralyzed state. Because God is constantly wanting to renew you. Because our job... Tagging people back to life in God, and that's an oversimplifying way of saying it, is so important. These are people that are around us. Our family, first and foremost. Our spouse, our children need constant encouragement. We should have, as men and women, have the most pliable, flexible families around. That are constantly having Life renewed in the Lord in them. 
That's mission center one. Our church family. As I said, like being a Christian is hard today. It's, it's hard. We talked about earlier in the service all the things around us that want to tell us what they believe is true. And just the battle of remembering what's true on a daily basis is exhausting. And so our family, our church believers, like Barnabas, going and, and simply walking with the believers. That's what's so valuable. Obviously, our unchurched community. And this is why I wanted to originally go to the workforce. And let me tell you, this is really hard at work to do. To encourage the people around you is really hard. And I've spoken about this before. Because, as I've been saying this whole time, to have the ability to encourage, you have to have something in you. And our days and our weeks, they they take that away. We have to get that first for ourselves. But our our non-Christian brothers and sisters need real encouragement. Because we as believers know what speaking life is. Right? This is the 2023 encouragement. Speaking life. Watering something in them. Bringing it to life. We know that. We know that it's not something superficial. But our, but our unsaved, unchurched brothers and sisters in the world don't have any sort of gauge for life speech. They think encouragement often is just, you cut a nice steak, you wrap a nice steak, you sold a nice steak, or whatever is true in your life, Right? But, but the Christian sees past the superficial and speaks life to character and calling and integrity. That's the greater thing. And if we want to see our unsaved people come to life around us, we need to have eyes that can see past the superficial in their lives. If you want to shake it up in your place of work, if you want to shake it up in your secular school, begin speaking life to the person around you. And not simply the exterior of where they're at. That, that's going to change, that's going to mess things up. It's going to make people potentially even uncomfortable. Because that's not how we talk in the world. Right? If you, if you said, you know, your uniform looks really great today. That's one thing. But to say, I, I really love how you get in early from work. It shows just how committed you are. You always have a good attitude at work. When you help customers, no matter how bad of a day you're having, you're friendly and chipper. You really display our company well. If we had more of you... Our company would be way more successful. Do we talk like that to the world around us? Do we tell our unsaved uh, uncles and aunts, I love how you parent. You showed so much patience there to your child. They're turning out so well. I love how you're such a present father or, or mom in their life. It's so beautiful. The world needs to hear this kind of encouragement. This is life encouragement. So I want to invite us, as the band comes up, I want to invite us to respond in two different ways. There's two two things for encouragement I talked about. One, if you're not full of the encouragement of the Lord, if his life is not in you first, you you need to get that. If you're in a place of real discouragement today, then I want to invite you to be prayed for. That the discouragement would lift. If you, are un, if, if you have not met Jesus before. And if you have not said yes to his leadership in your life. Where you say God I actually can't do life very well by myself. 
And you know I've made it a pretty big mess. That's where we need to start. If you've never asked Jesus to be the boss, the CEO, the leader, the savior in your life that would take away your sins and help you to live his way, that, that's a waterfall of encouragement that would come to you today. And so if God is tugging on, on that, just saying yes to Jesus today, I would invite you to come and receive prayer. And if you want to leave today a son and daughter of encouragement, the very spirit of Barnabas on you and in you, if you want the eyes to see the things around you that need to be called out and celebrated, that people would run where they were walking. Now this is a dangerous prayer. Then I want you to ask God to awaken that in you. To commission that in you. And to cause you to walk in that as you leave today. God, I want to see the people around me for who they really are. That they might stand and walk greater than before. Because I am actively wanting to be used by you in this way. You will change the climate around you. And Paul and Marks will pop up all over your life. That's a good deal. Father, would you allow us to hear your voice? Where you are prompting, whether it's we need to just say yes, whether it's we need you to come and touch us where we're really low, where we need to accept the help of somebody around us, somebody to walk with us, would you allow us to do that? And God, where you are calling us to step out and say, I want to live that the people around me would grow taller and faster and stronger in you. And I want to do my part. Would you invite us, would you invite us to respond in faith to you today? We ask this in your name, Lord. Amen.